Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, uh, we're talking with Samantha Gladish. Samantha is a holistic nutritionist from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, an ortho molecular holistic practitioner, hormone cure coach, Hatha yoga instructor, metabolic balance weight loss coach, fitness fanatic, self-proclaimed foodie, and qualitarian pioneer. That was a mouthful. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Thanks so much for having me. It's always interesting when somebody else reads your bio. (laughs) So give our audience some background on yourself. What got you into this field, what you do and what you're doing now? Absolutely. So I feel like so many practitioners get into the health space because of their own health issues. And that was definitely the case for myself. So when I was in my teens, like I was dealing with some issues with like, you know, PMS and women's hormonal issues, digestion. And so that kind of led me on this path to just wanting to research more about my body and what can I do to overcome some of these symptoms that I was experiencing. And so that kind of led me on this path to just really being drawn to to the natural and holistic world. And even as a little girl, I was always very innately connected to food and nutrition. I spent so much time outside and in the garden and my yeah. mother made everything from scratch. And so I was really just brought up just with this deep appreciation for food and how food can just be really so healing. But of course, when you're a teenager, those healthy habits die hard and you're eating all yeah. the junk and the sugar and all those things, yeah. right? And so, yeah, so it's just kind of this, this personal journey of just diving in and exploring and learning and and wanting to sort of heal my own issues. And I just became so passionate about it. And then as the years went on, I was like, oh, I could do this as a career. And so then I started to dive into, you know, schooling and I went to school and studied to be a nutritionist. And, um, and then that led to starting a business, although it was, it was not an easy process, uh, which I'm sure we're going to dive into and what that all looked like where now, you know, I have this amazing online nutrition business and there's two legs to my business. So I do run the nutrition side where we have some amazing online programs and coaching services and products and whatnot. And then on the other side, there's the business coaching side, because obviously having grown my own multiple six-figure business, you just become really passionate about the marketing and the business side and kind of want to pay that back to your colleagues. So, Yeah, I find it interesting because when you're not there and you haven't had the success and then you're, people are asking you the questions and you're automatically just wanting to help them. And then you think, man, I could turn this into a business. On the other side of it, there's people who always say things, and I get this on my ads a lot. My ads are in a number of countries and I'm reaching a lot of people and inevitably I always get these comments of, well, if your business is so good, why are you flogging, you know, trying to teach people how to grow their businesses? If your business is so good, why aren't you then just doing that? And it's an interesting concept because of course, for all of us, when you start to have some success, you want to share it. And then you've got colleagues that you tell people about it and some of them are not receptive to it. So you're trying to like find these people that you love talking business about. And we just did that before the show where we're chatting about business. And it's the same thing. You want to get that information out and you want to help people and you have a method and you know that you can impact them in a way that allows them to impact more people. And so it's kind of this natural progression. And I know that a lot of our listeners are good in business and they're not even considering going into business coaching and that kind of thing. And my advice for that, which is why I'm kind of wanted to point this out with you is that if you're good at something and you're passionate about it, you just have to develop leverage in a way that allows you to expand further. I did that in my practice. I transitioned myself from practitioner into kind of practice owner, into business owner, and now the business runs itself. And now I can focus on the things that we're passionate about. My wife, uh, she works 
sort of in the practice and on the practice because she loves that. And right. I get to do the business stuff because I really enjoy that. And it totally. leans into where you're emphasizing your zone of genius. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was how do you go from being this practitioner, especially in your field, doing nutrition, where there's a lot of consulting and this medical type thing sometimes of, you know, what's going on with that person? What am I going to give them? How do you transition into the space of, I can do this more as a coach with programs. I can maybe even do it online. I can work with people outside of my city, my state, my country, and really start to have an impact and build a business around that. So what kind of allowed you to do that? And what advice would you give to to people listening to this who are considering, hey, I'm sick of just doing this one-on-one consulting thing? Yeah. So I do feel like so many of us do start out in that one-to-one coaching space, which I actually think is wonderful because I always tell everybody and I tell my students in our coaching program, like one-to-one coaching is definitely the quickest way to cash. Yeah. For sure. If, you know, especially when you're in the beginning phases and it's just like, I want to make an impact, but I also want this to bring in some income, one-to-one coaching is really going to be helpful for that. But so many practitioners are undercharging and then they're coaching and giving away the farm and they're exhausted. And, you know, so there's only so many people you can reach one-on-one and you're trading time for dollars. And so, you know, that's how I started in my business. I was doing a ton of one-on-one coaching and that one-to-one coaching allowed me to really hone in on my zone of genius and my skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, working with people, I got to understand different psychologies. I got so much better at overcoming objections, putting together mm-hmm. my methodologies. But then you get to a point where you're like, okay, I only have so much time in my calendar. I can't take on more people. I'm exhausted. And I basically have a cap on what I can make right now. And so I was totally open to just expanding the possibilities of just growing my business, what that would look like, what are the different options that I can do here. And so that's when I started to kind of look at, okay, what is the thing that I'm constantly repeating over and over and over with my clients? And why don't I take that information and put it into a program? You know, Mm. what are all the questions that my community is asking and, and what is it that they really want? Let me take that and leverage it and put it into an online program that they can just go and download and kind of do on their own and still get really amazing results. And then from there, if they feel like they still need further time and attention and more customization, then they can book in for, for one-to-one coaching. But that's kind of how it sort of shifted for me. It was just realizing like, okay, I can only take on so many people. So what's, yeah. what's the next option here? And when you're, when you're passionate, when you're driven and when there's purpose behind what you're doing, it's always a matter of how do I solve the problem in front of me? I think that a lot of practitioners get caught in this idea of, well, I have to work with the client because that's the value. The value is me and my time. And while that's true, you're massively undervaluing yourself because to have one-on-one consulting with the expert to walk you through how to do it, that should be expensive. That shouldn't be the cheap thing that happens. You know what I mean? And I had to learn that myself and it's definitely something that I teach my clients because too often we want to sympathize with people, uh, not empathize with their situations. We think, oh, I'm going to, I'll one-on-one consult with you. I'll do it for nothing. I'll look after your kids. I'll paint your fence. I'll do anything because either we're hustling just to try and get clients or we just feel so bad that we're trying to help these people. And we forget that really the impact for most people is not us sympathizing with their situation and further enabling their story, but really guiding them to actually get an outcome. And beyond that, how do we help the community and people around them and in our area, et cetera, at a larger scale? And the only way to do that is to create leverage, like you said, is to take yeah. your knowledge 
and solve problems in a way that's more automated and more scalable for you because you have a greater collective impact. I feel like people think, you know, if I'm working as one person, I can really change their life. And I agree with that. But if you were to add up the amount of impact that you can have, it's far less Mm -hmm. than if you try and go group, go into a coaching model, change things. So what did you literally just say, here's the stuff that I'm constantly repeating. I'm going to record it and give it to people. Did you start to transition it into like a group coaching model where people were coming on group calls? How did you continue to deliver amazing results to people, but in a more of a leveraged group way than one-on-one? Yeah. So I think, in fact, my very first program that I ever launched and created was like super low barriers, like $21 for 21 days, like do this 21 day detox with me. And that was just like my first taste to see how can I make this work? You know, is my community and the people that I have on my list right now, like, will they be receptive to something like this? So I just decided to put this 21 day program together and put it out there and sure enough, people signed up for it. And that just gave me this taste of like, okay, what I taught in those 21 days was like the basic foundational stuff that people need to know that will help take them from where they are to that next level. And then the biggest part was just like really listening to my community. Like, what is it that they're constantly asking me about? Because I think that's something we get caught up in. We create the things that we think people need, Mm. but we neglect listening to our audience and what it is they're really asking for. Um, And so I really had to take that into account and start listening to my audience and like, what is it that they're really asking for? And so I had a lot of women asking about general hormone information and thyroid and PMS and all of that. So I thought, okay, well, why don't I put together a healthy hormones program, um, which will cover all the foundational things of supporting your liver and gut health and PMS and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So that was program number one. And then as the years went on, okay, more women in my community now are dealing with like autoimmune Hashimoto's and thyroidism. And I had my own journey with that. So this would be the next program that I would create. And so it just, it kind of came from my own personal experience. What do I think people need, but also really taking into account what is my audience asking for? Mm. Go and create what it is they, they really want. Sometimes we get caught in that trap of what we think they need versus what they want because you need yes. to sell them what they want and want. then you give them what they need. But yeah. if you're trying to sell them what you think they need, often either it's not attractive so no one buys and then you get disillusioned or totally. um, people go into it and then they're not happy. And so I think that putting your, actually putting your ear to the ground and listening is super important. Because people can be saying to you, you know, hey, I want my pain gone. I want my pain gone. And then you say, yes, but don't you want wellness? Don't you want mobility? And they go, yeah, of course, that sounds great. And then they, you kind of sell yeah. them to this thing, but it's never really serving them because they just, they actually just want their pain gone. And it's not until they're on that journey and their pain starting to, to decrease. And this totally. is an example from my practice, right? Like once their pain starting to decrease, they realize more possibilities. But before then, they've got the tunnel vision on the thing and you can spend all day trying to expand that. And I instead prefer to expand as I go, but it's like this lead effect. I'm leading them down the pathway, yes. giving them what they want, helping them understand there's more to it and then going forward. But especially when you're building programs, like if you, if you get this wrong, it doesn't work. People don't. <laughs> exactly. People, don't People aren't going to buy. <laughs> no. So let's talk about becoming an influencer. You are pretty big on Instagram. You've got a lot of people following you. I assume that creates a lot, a lot of leverage in your business. What do you think an influencer is in the health space? And what kind of got you to that point where, hey, I'm actually, people are listening to me, people are following what I'm saying, uh, and I'm kind of growing in that authority space. It's so wild when you ask that because 
I never consider myself an influencer. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that, that I'm like, am I, am I really an influencer? I guess, you know, you get caught up in like, well, Kim Kardashian is an influencer, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, although is she really, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I started on Instagram just because I was super drawn to the platform. Like I love photography. I do a ton of recipe development in my business. Obviously nutrition is such a huge part of what I do. And so I was just really drawn to the platform because I was like, oh my God, I can look at food all day. Um, I can look at recipes all day. And I just, I loved it. And, and because I also love food photography and doing my own photography, I was like, this is just an amazing platform for me. So that's kind of how that started. I literally put all my eggs into that one basket. I wasn't trying to grow Twitter. I wasn't trying to grow Pinterest. I wasn't trying to grow Facebook. And so I started to post really good content. It obviously is really helpful to know who you are speaking to. And I started to post really great content and that content becomes really shareable and those people share with their audience. And then that's just, it just grew very organically. There was no paid ads or anything like that. It just grew very organically from posting really good content, obviously like utilizing hashtags and stuff like that, just genuinely building connections on, on Instagram. And yeah, so that's kind of how that grew. I don't know how I feel about the word influencer because I always think of like driving under the influence and I'm not trying to put anybody under the influence of anything. I just want to like really inspire and motivate our community. And so the great thing is that of course, with the numbers, you know, with more followers and whatnot, brands and companies pay attention to that. You know, like it was never my intention. My intention was never like, I'm, I want to get to a hundred thousand, but I want to get to 200. That like, I need to have more likes, more followers. Like that was never the intention. My intention was strictly show up, be real, post great content and it, it will grow. It will absolutely grow that way. Connect with your audience, be human. And naturally it grew. So companies, brands, they take interest to, to that, right? They want to see, okay, well, how many followers do you have? I mean, that's important to a company, right? If they want you to promote their product, then yes, they're going to want to see like what your reach looks like. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it created a lot of leverage for us to branch out and do some really great sponsorships and collaborations and, and have brands come on board mm -hmm. and, you know, do some great affiliates with companies and stuff like that. And again, like that was not necessarily part of our business plan. It just was something that as we started to grow, we started to look at all these other opportunities that, that we could kind of dive into and, you know, connecting with brands and companies that just became a natural part Did of it. Did it result in obviously more clients coming through your programs in, in both regards, business and... Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, I have a ton of women that reach out to me via direct message and I do take the time to respond to as many mm -hmm. as I can. I mean, you know, there's only... a certain amount that I can really do in a day. So I definitely try to respond to people via DMs and uh, just, again, really build authentic connections and relationships mm. with people. So we close a lot of sales in our DMs. And, and then of course I use our platform to share and talk about our programs and that gets people interested. Um, we've got mm. all of our links set up in our bio. So people go and check that out. So often when I get on a coaching call or like a prospect call, or when I'm connecting with people in our community, I always ask them like, how, how did you initially find me? And it's typically, yeah, I found you on Instagram or I listened to your podcast. Yeah. Okay. So if you've been listening to this show for a while, you will know what we're talking about here. Focus, perseverance, uh, specificity, and value, right? Pick 
a channel and focus on delivering mass amounts of value and engagement and connecting with people. That's how you have success in anything. You can't be spread thin and you need to have a vision for what you're trying to achieve beyond just, I want to get some followers. Because when you get some followers, it's like trying to grow a business to make money. It gets boring after a while and money doesn't matter at a certain point. And so then why are you doing it? And most people start to whether they, you know, whether you accept it or not, you start to feel that, for example, money doesn't matter. And so then you lose drive. And all of the people that I've had on the show who are massively successful, they're driven by their vision to create impact for the people they're talking to. And so they focus on the one or the two channels and they add heaps of value. So I, I really appreciate you saying that, Samantha, because it's, a, it's another reinforcement for everyone listening that that's what yeah, it takes. Absolutely. So let me ask you then, and I want to back up a little bit. How did you transition from I'm doing really well in my nutrition company into, I want to start business coaching. Yeah. Great question. So I, I've been a nutritionist and I've been coaching for 15 years and I've been in the online space full-time specifically with my nutrition business for six years, just over six years. And of course, somewhere along the way you, you know, I think it was maybe, I don't know, year three or so you're just like, okay, like, I've learned email marketing, social media, sales copy, funnels, how to overcome objections, do high-end sales. Like it's a massive growth both personally and professionally, Mm -hmm. right? And so who I became in the process of growing a multiple six-figure business and everything that I learned along the way, it was just this new spark of of passion for me. Like I just Mm -hmm. became so passionate about the marketing side. And I just wanted to geek out on it. And I wasn't buying nutrition books anymore. I was buying marketing books. You know, I wasn't tuning into nutrition webinars or, you know, hormone webinars. I was, I was diving into marketing webinars. Like I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. And, you know, you also get to this point where you're like, okay, I've been coaching for 15 years And I'm kind of over talking about drinking more water and eating more vegetables. Like how much longer am I going to do this for? And what's this next transition for me? Like, what am I excited and passionate about? And it was business. And on top of that, I had so many colleagues reaching out and asking how I was doing this. How am I getting clients? How am I growing? How am I scaling? And so that's when I decided, listen, I'm I'm getting lots of people asking me and I'm so passionate about it why don't I just put an offer out there and and just see what happens? And that's literally how it started. It started about three years ago. And I just did like very small mini, like a a four week intro and then a six week. And then that started to grow. And then I turned it into a three month program. And then I did that for a couple of years and I did it very under the radar. Like I was not really publicly promoting this. It was just strictly through referrals And then students who would come in and, you know, they would refer their friends and just, I was connecting with different colleagues and friends that I knew who could benefit from it. And so it was very under the radar. And it wasn't really until this year that I was like, okay, it's been three years. I've been running this program. It's time for me to like make this public and just let everybody know, like, this is a a huge part of my business and what I'm passionate about doing. And so that's kind of how that that transition yeah, happened. Very, very similar for me as well. Now with your, obviously the health business, um, what did you do to, to make sure that's still working? Obviously it's, I, I presume it's still there. Um, yes. You had to develop some systems around meaning that you could step out, right? What was your, what was your process to do that? Because I know that a lot of my listeners are in that point of wanting to transition their business to being an, an owner, uh, not a practitioner where they can go on holiday and do what I do where 
I'm not in it at all and I don't know about it and it's managed. So how, how much are you still involved and what did you do to kind of make sure that that was secure and still moving forward while you were focusing your, your attention on other things? Yeah, absolutely. So I, to be clear, like I'm still obviously very passionate about nutrition. I love talking about food and posting mm. recipes. Like I still love it. It's just that I got really clear on the areas that I don't want to be involved in anymore. You know, yeah. by cutting back on my one-to-one coaching, if I'm going to coach anybody, I really want to focus that time and attention on on business coaching, not nutrition coaching. And so I, you know, I do have a team. We have a small team. I have my content director and I have my assistant. And so as I started to just put more of that energy into the business coaching side, I just really made it a priority to make sure that I was connecting with my team on the regular to delegate out all the necessary things. And, you know, are we still connecting with our newsletter list? And we're emailing them consistently. My content director does all my copy and everything. So she's great with putting together our sales and, and programs and stuff like that. So I felt really confident that we were at a point where, okay, like about 80% of this can just run with my content director and my assistant kind of managing it all. And then I can come in there to do the stuff that I really love, like being on social media and connecting with people and doing the recipe development. And that's kind of how that worked out. So it's just really being conscious of what don't I like? Let me step away from that. And how will I fill that revenue? Well, I'm going to fill that revenue with the business coaching instead of the nutrition coaching. And then just being really clear with my team, what needs to get done so that this can still be a system that runs very smoothly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. I think to kind of break that down a little bit, you, you looked at what is the stuff that I, that I want to do uh, and that I'm good at doing and what's the stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And this is classic for scaling, right? Most of the time we're doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Easy example is taking payments and making bookings when you've got a clinic, like <laughs> just hire an assistant. You know what I mean? Totally. Sometimes, sometimes it makes sense for a very short period of time. Uh, you need to know how things work because if it breaks or if someone leaves, you, you have to have standardized processes that you understand, but you shouldn't be doing these things. And people try and outsource the wrong things. They try and outsource their marketing strategy uh, while still taking calls themselves or making bookings themselves or whatever. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, you're doing, you're doing things backwards. Keep your marketing strategy because that's what grows your business. And right. you need to master that stuff so you can bring someone in to click the buttons for you right? Like, you know how to do things. You just have someone else clicking buttons. I'm exactly yeah. the same. I'm never outsourcing strategy because then I lose control of the business. And then we end up focusing on all this busy work that we shouldn't be doing, that you can hire a, a virtual assistant from the Philippines who do an amazing job and you'd pay them far less than what you have to pay someone here. And they're better at doing it from personal experience. And you can then focus on the stuff that matters to actually move your business forward. Because if you want to just step back or, or step out, you need to look at what the things that only I can do right now. And then eventually you get to a point where you say, how do I do nothing? And I focus on being the visionary, right? And I've started to do that. So, you know, at one point sales calls, right? That was a big part of it. But I knew that I had to get rid of that because it took up too many hours every week. I knew that, you know, content creation, ads, managing ads, that kind of thing. All of these things I slowly started to filter out and have someone else that I trusted to do it, which allowed me to focus on kind of multiplying the business. Because if you're really wanting to grow, there has to be leverage. And leverage means one energy in, two result out, rather than what most of the things we do, which is five energy in, one result out because we're doing too much busy work. 
So what advice would you give to someone who's kind of stuck in that boat of I'm overwhelmed, I'm kind of stressed, I'm doing too many things, but I feel like I need to keep doing these things because if I don't, if I let go of the reins, like the business is going to fall over. So what's, what's one, two, three things that people could be doing right now to kind of get a handle on what's the stuff maybe I shouldn't be doing and how do I slowly let it go? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that number one, like spend some time just getting really clear on the areas in your business that, that do drive the needle forward. Like what are the sales producing activities? Focus on that and the other stuff. It's not that it doesn't matter, but it's probably stuff that can come off of your plate and you can go and delegate out. So mm. get really clear. Yeah. I would say those were probably the two things is get really clear on what sales producing do that and delegate out the rest. And sometimes you got to hire sooner than you're ready to. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you need to have somebody full time, but just to have a couple of things off of your plate can make a huge difference in, in how yeah. you show up for your community and, and, and your business growth. I just want to add to that. Sometimes we think, okay, I need to hire this general manager. And I used to get in this trap where I need to hire this general manager to manage everything. And what I was really looking for was a way of just being able to get rid of stuff and not have to worry about it. And I thought that that mm -hmm. meant I then needed to hire someone to do it. And what that meant was I'm going to have to pay someone a lot of money because they're going to kind of have to already know and then figure it out all for me and stuff like that. And that can work. But by far, what I recommend now is go through everything that you do and everything that your team does and everything that you want to have happen and create SOP for it, right? Yeah. It's standard operating procedures of how to do it, systemize the crap out of it, and just literally get a, a Google document and document the steps of how to do the thing. My virtual assistant does my emails for me. So what did I do is I went through and created a process, a flowchart of how to handle my emails. And so it was literally like a, if this, then that, and if not, you know, put it in this box and ask me, and then, then we make a rule for that one. And I got on Loom, which is like a, a screen recording yep. software, just recorded how I was doing it and then put it all in the documents. So whenever they get stuck, there's no excuse because it's all in the document and there's Loom videos for everything. And if there is a gap, that's when you bring it up with me in a team meeting and I, and I plug that hole. But if you just standardize everything like this, you can then hire someone McDonald's style, right? McDonald's is a massive brand. <laughs> What did they do? Do they hire chefs to make their burgers? No, they standardized the process and then they could hire anyone. Anybody, and so yeah. if you want to scale your business, you want to be able to hire anyone because then they can just go through the documented training, know how to do the role, do it exceptionally well. And if they leave or you get rid of them, you can bring someone else in. Because what happens is we tend to hire these managers and then they've kind of got our business by the... Uh, by the balls, so to speak. And if <laughs> yeah. they leave, it's like, holy crap, they're left and I don't know what to That's do. Yeah. Or I have to keep paying them all this money and, and it's not really productive. So definitely document and then think about it. How do I just have someone super basic be able to do it, it is by far what I recommend because I've done it the other way and, it, and it's been hard. It's been hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let me ask you um, uh, one last question. What's one thing you think that health professionals can do this week to, to really kind of set themselves up to expand their business beyond just being stuck as that one-to-one -one consultant style practitioner? One thing. Oh my God, that's so hard to choose one thing. I think I might have to go with two things. Um, so number one, be more visible, get out there in front of your audience and connect with them and get on camera. I mean, people, they want to hear you. They want to see you. They want to see your mannerisms. Like that is how you build a quicker connection with your audience and your community. And at the same time, I guess the second tip to that would be ask for what it is you want. Like so many 
coaches are out there posting content and content, but they're actually not letting people know that, hey, I'm for hire. Like, this is mm-hmm. what I actually do. This is my program. Uh, this is my service. Uh, I often feel that people forget to actually really ask for the sale. Um, so that make that a part of the content is, is asking for what it is that you want. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's great advice. Uh, where can our audience connect with you online? Well, I'm always on Instagram. So I have two accounts over there. Uh, the, on the business side of things, it's Samantha underscore Gladish. And then on the nutrition wellness side of things, it's Holistic Wellness Foodie at Instagram. And then of course, my website, holisticwellness.ca. Amazing. We'll make sure those in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.